0: Well, hello everyone, welcome to worship today. So good to see you. My name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. It's my privilege to welcome you to the house of the Lord as we join together in worshiping together in this Advent season. If you're worshiping with us online today, welcome. So glad you could join us as well. Uh, This is the Advent season. It's a preparation for Christmas. As we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, which is, believe it or not, just over a week away, it's next week, unbelievable. So um, as we're getting closer, we mark that time by adding another Advent candle. We'll do that here in just a little bit. Uh, you know that we're getting closer when we're at three candles and the pink candle is a candle of, of hope and joy, which is you know just a reminder that even in the, the length of the season as it's getting darker and the nights are longer, uh, there, there is still joy in the Lord, which is why we come together and worship, right? Even in this season, as we're pre- uh, anticipating Christmas. Uh, speaking of Christmas, too, we're um, we have all kinds of different worship services going on during Christmas, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. Uh, also, the morning of Christmas Eve is a is a Sunday morning, so we have actually regular worship at our eight o'clock service on Christmas Eve morning. That's over at Faith Ministry Center, and then all of our Christmas Eve services starting in the afternoon and going into the evening. So if you'd like to know all that schedule from Saturday to Sunday to Monday, and then our New Year's Eve schedule as well, that is all on our website. We have a page that's dedicated to that, faithfoxvalley.org slash Christmas 2023. That's the easiest way to find it. Uh, there's also, if you go to our website, faithfoxvalley.org, there's a banner right on the top. It says Christmas schedule. You can click on that and you'll find it there as well. Same, it goes to the same page. Um, as we're looking into the next year, I want to let you know that we are really in need of, of women and men, youth even, who are willing to serve as sound techs for our worship. We'll give plenty of training for that. Uh, but we could use some extra hands to helping us to have the sound that goes through the live stream and into the house here. And um, if you'd like to try your hand at that, talk to me, talk to Steve Moore, our director of worship, and he will be glad all to... All for uh,
1: Christmas is a CMC sound Tech.
0: Yeah all, yeah, all you want <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, this time of year, too, this is... Uh, it's cold outside, obviously, and you know, with the economy the way it is, there is an increasing and desperate need from some individuals and families in our community for, for supplies to be able to endure the cold because they are either homeless or in danger of being homeless. Uh, many people are living on the street even if you don't see it. So there's an organization in our community called Pillars Pillars helps to resource those who are experiencing homelessness. And uh, we're doing a small drive over the next several weeks. If you could help us out, bring in hand warmers, foot warmers, uh, quarters that people can use for laundromat service, protein bars, socks, I mean, just simple things that are in desperate need among the people in our community. Uh, And by the way, socks that are new socks and nice ones, not, you know, Don't just go to the dollar store and get the cheapest ones you can because you want more of them, but just, you know, nice warm socks. Anyway, there's a box in in the commons. You can drop those off right next to the Christmas tree in the commons. So check that out. And there's more instruction on there uh, as well, some pictures that you can see what we're looking for. Uh, Finally, we're celebrating communion today. So we'll invite you a little bit later to participate with us in the Lord's Supper. We believe that we are very much in need of God's grace, which he gives to us in the meal Uh, He gives us the very body and blood of Christ in with the the bread and the wine. Uh, We truly believe that He is present in the meal, giving us forgiveness of our sins. If that's your belief as well, then we'll invite you to join us for the Lord's Supper later in our service. Uh, That's the announcements I have. I'm going to hand it over to Steve and the band, and we'll worship the Lord. Let's stand. Sure. we do confess we need you. Jesus is our hope, our righteousness, and the vine by which we are able to bear good fruit. Like a branch that has fallen from the vine, we wither away and can do no good apart from you. From the time of Adam and Eve, sin has corrupted our hearts and minds, and we often find ourselves getting lost in the wilderness of the world. Forgive us, Lord, and help us by your spirit to bear good fruit for your kingdom. Make straight our paths with your guiding light and prepare our hearts and minds for the first and second coming of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Jesus is our one defense. You can't look at yourself and your life and what you have done and say, oh God, you owe me, you owe me good, you owe me blessing, you owe me love. No, 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 we deserve nothing good. As as, uh, Isaiah says, even our most righteous acts are like filthy rags in comparison to God's expectation. Yet God gives us his righteousness. Our defense is Jesus. He gives to us perfection that we couldn't have in ourselves. He gives us the holiness we can't have in ourselves that allows us to come before God as if we were clean and perfect and never sinned, not because of any righteousness in us, but because of the righteousness of Christ. It's my privilege as one of your pastors to announce that grace to you again, to assure you that you are forgiven in Christ by His blood, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. As we move to to a little bit deeper into the season of Advent, focusing on our Lord's coming, we light a third candle today candle we call joy. This is the joy that the angel shared with the shepherds as he said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. It is the same joy that Mary and Elizabeth shared together. As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the babe in my womb leaped for joy. Though we have not seen Christ, we love him even though we do not see him now, we believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. So with all the joy of Christ's coming, we gather and sing. We rejoice that our lives are renewed through the joy of our salvation.
1: Show.
2: He's dead.
0: someone slipped me an old battery. literally just changed out the batteries right before worship, and that's that's what happens. All right. Uh, Anyway, that's a lot better, don't you think? The word of the Lord from Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for them. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean, And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you for you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. Yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O look upon us, we pray, for we are all your people. For the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand as we hear of the Lord in Mark chapter one. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. At once the spirit sent him out into the desert and he was in the desert 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and angels attended to him. This is the gospel of our Lord. And now we join together in speaking the summary of our faith together, as it's recorded in the Nicene Creed. Together, let's speak it boldly and with confidence. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Maybe may be seated. I was hearing some confident voices there. I love it, especially over on this side. I don't know who that was, but it was really great. Love it. So um, I have to admit that I like a good hero movie. You know, one of those movies where, um, and maybe this is not what you wanna hear from your pastor, but I really love watching those shows where you have, you know, some normal looking dude who just takes it out on a bunch of bad guys. Like Taken, you ever see this movie Taken, Liam Neeson? Uh, it doesn't look all that imposing, but he really hands it to a bunch of scumbags who are involved in human sex trafficking. There's a whole bunch of hand to hand combat, things blow up, you know, gunfire, bad guys getting what's coming to them. And then Liam Neeson is this great hero. Or Denzel Washington in The Equalizer. Anybody else? Love it. Same thing, right? Denzel makes mince meat out of a whole bunch of bad guys, all to protect innocent lives. Anyone else like hero movies like this? I know I'm not alone because, I mean, Hollywood keeps making more and more and more of these movies. I mean, just look at, my goodness, the Marvel franchise and all their superheroes. Pop culture has more or less deified one particular guy, Chuck Norris. You know what I'm talking about? They have all these one-liners about the superpowers of Chuck Norris. You know when Chuck Norris cuts an onion, the onion cries. Yeah. Chuck Norris can do a wheelie on a unicycle. You know. Death once had a near Chuck Norris experience. You know some of my favorites. We crave superheroes. Because there's just so much evil and violence and injustice in the world, we want someone to come in and turn things around, right? I don't have to tell you all about it. You just turn on the news, you look around, you know just how much of a threat there is around us all the time. And our hearts long for salvation. We long for the innocent to be rescued. We long for there to be a shield around our families so that we don't have to worry and protect them ourselves, right? Something that would, would keep our families away from the threats that are threatening to destroy. Even people who do not acknowledge God have this innate longing for a savior, someone to come and face evil and kick evil into oblivion. That was the cry of ancient Israel. For Thousands of years, for hundreds of years before Christ came, we heard this in Isaiah 64, right? A pleading prayer to the Lord. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That you would tear apart the sky and come down and let them have it. I mean, that's, that's really what Isaiah is saying here, right? Come down and let them have it. Then the mountains would tremble before you as when the fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down and make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. Anything that would threaten, let them shake in their boots. That, that's really the, the prayer Isaiah is speaking here. Now, to put this in context, Isaiah 64 is the cry of ancient Israel. They had experienced devastating defeat at the hands of Babylon. Babylonians had come in, they destroyed all their cities, leveled the temple, the place of worship for God's people, and then they marched the Israelites out of their own country in exile, this would be something like you know communist China coming in and defeating the United States and shipping the vast majority of Americans over to mainland China. I mean, it was just devastating. For seventy years, Israel was in captivity to Babylon. But the Babylonians were defeated themselves, and they then let a remnant of Israel go back to their land to rebuild. But they were always, the Israelites, when they came back to the land, they were still always surrounded by other foreign powers that were always threatening them, dominating Israel from from that time on. The the Persians and the Greeks and the Egyptians and the Greeks again and the Romans. And then you also had this internal corruption all the leaders of Israel who are supposed to watch out for their own people, then they're corrupt and misleading. Even the religious leaders, right? You're supposed to watch over the flock. They're misleading and abusing the flock. And so you have these people who are crying out to God, oh, that you would rend the heavens. They cry out to God, show up. God had done this before. If you remember the story, you go a thousand years before this moment in Israel's history. A thousand years earlier, Israel was enslaved to Pharaoh in Egypt and they cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed up. He sent Moses, plagues, let my people go, right? Passover, parting the Red Sea and they left with God's mighty acts. God showed up and he gave it to Egypt. And now a 1,000 years later, they're wanting God to do it again because they're feeling vulnerable. They've got internal conflict. they got all the, the foreign armies at their border fighting over their land. Everything's a mess, and Israel wants and needs a hero. So they're crying out, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. For when you did awesome things in the past that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains trembled before you, and ancient times, no No one has ever perceived, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of his people. Now they're expecting God to come as, you know, sort of Chuck Norris moment, right? Like do something, really act and give it to the enemies. 500 years before Christ, Right? For 500 years, they're crying this out. Oh God, when you come, rend the heavens. And then God shows up, right? You fast forward 500 years and God shows up from Isaiah 64 to Mark 1. Mark 1. Jesus has come. And Mark wants you to know that God has just burst onto the scene, right? So this is interesting about Mark's gospel. Uh, this, there are four gospels, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Of all the gospels, Mark is the only one that doesn't really tell us about the birth of Jesus. John doesn't tell us about the birth of Jesus, but he tells us about the word becoming flesh, becoming the incarnation. Matthew, of course, tells us about Mary and Joseph and the coming of the Savior, um, Luke has the longest narrative about Jesus' birth and his coming, which is our favorite at Christmas, but not Mark. Nine verses into Mark's gospel, and you're already at the baptism of Jesus. Jesus comes to be baptized by John at the Jordan River. So let's put that up on the screen. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. Now, Mark is also the only gospel that really emphasizes this phrase, heaven being torn open. Mark uses this word schizo, like where we get our word schism. So heaven was torn apart. It was torn open is exactly what the people of God had been calling for in Isaiah 64, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. And here the heaven is torn open and the Holy Spirit comes down on Jesus in the form of a dove. Mark wants you to know, that cry for a hero, yeah, God has heard it. He's answered that by sending Jesus. But then again, God doesn't exactly do it the way that people expected. Now, people are expecting that God's going to come down and, you know, whatever that looks like. You just, let him have it. But no, I mean, at first it seems like this, you know, one of the very first scenes in Mark's gospel after the baptism is that Jesus in the synagogue in Capernaum and the Worship in the, in the synagogue is interrupted by a man who is possessed by a demon. And Jesus casts out the demon. It's quiet, out of him. And he's, he's gone. And then you go through the gospel of Mark. As soon as this happens, right, this people are amazed The next scene, the word spreads quickly. People are bringing all the sick and the dying, the demon-possessed from all over. Um, I'm just kind of looking through Mark. Leprosy, no problem, right? There's paralysis, no problem. A giant storm on the sea, no problem. Jesus says, quiet, be still, right? There's all this power being displayed from Jesus. Whole legion of demons possessing one guy, yeah, no big deal, just be gone, and he's gone. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. Well, obviously, God has just come down in Jesus, and here he is performing all these miracles. But then, then it turns. Jesus actually starts previewing what he really came for. Mark eight thirty one. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things. That the Son of Man must be rejected. That he must be killed. Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hold on a second. This is is not, you know, you see the heroes in the movies and they win in the end, right? Right? This is, this is not looking like it's gonna be victory. It looks a lot more like defeat. Suffer, rejected, killed. And the disciples had a real problem with this. That's why Peter tries to rebuke Jesus and says, no, never, Lord. Because they're expecting more displays of power, whooping up on the demons and diseases and death. <laughs> you find out that you go farther into the gospel and, God working his salvation doesn't look like what we expect it to. God working out his salvation looks like Jesus bloodied and battered and beaten on a cross. Now here's the point. God's rending the heavens and coming down doesn't look like what the people of Israel expected or what we would expect. If you were to make a hero movie out of this, I don't think you would sell it very well. Because it looks an awful lot like the hero die. Well, he does die. But it's critical to remember that what God does he, says this, he just says this to Israel through Isaiah, Isaiah 55. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are often incomprehensible to us. They make no sense. Why does God allow grief and evil to persist? Why does God allow the innocent to suffer? Like Israel, we want to cry out, oh, that you would just open up the heavens and show yourself, God. Come down and do something. The mountains even would tremble before you. But then we remember that God has come. He has opened the heavens. Not as we would expect, but nonetheless, God opened the heavens and he came down humbly, quietly, mysteriously. There's a, there's a story on the news this week about a church, a Christian church in Bethlehem as rockets are being fired from Israel into Gaza and Gaza into Israel, Bethlehem caught in the middle. And the Christians of Bethlehem put up a little display. They put their, their manger scene, their nativity scene, they constructed it on top of a pile of rubble. So baby Jesus in a manger is sitting on a pile of rubble from rockets destroying buildings. While the people of Israel and Palestine are living in fear and uncertainty, amidst the fighting and the violence, there's baby Jesus right in the middle of it on a pile of rubble. Which is consistent, isn't it? With with how God tends to show up. Not in ways where he's moving mountains, where he's coming up in, in in a visible way of power, no, God split the sky and he, he entered into our mess as a baby in a stable wrapped in rags. And the only fanfare was for a handful of shepherds in a field. It would have had, It would have taken great faith to understand this way of God's coming is God's, working powerfully in our world. It still takes great faith, doesn't it? When we call out for God to rend the heavens and we realize that he answers that prayer in an infant, in a stable, God tends to come quietly still with a whisper in the middle of the rubble, in the middle of our pain, comes, not as we expect, but he comes, faithfully, lovingly. And if we have the faith and we just listen, we watch, we trust, that in the midst of it, God is showing up with his peace that the world can't understand, peace that goes beyond all human understanding. Amen? Our Lord is very good. He continues to bless us in more ways than we deserve. He gives in ways that are beyond what he should. And certainly, oftentimes beyond what we need and he calls on us whether out of our poverty or out of our abundance to give as we trust him so this is we, we always have our offering as a, an act of our worship this is a chance for us to let go of worldly possessions and give that over to uh, to trust him and uh, and and to trust, the, to trust the church, that we're using that for the good of our community, the good of the whole of the, our, the body of Christ, and um, to do the work of God's kingdom where, where God has given us opportunity. Thank you for your giving. We'll bring our offerings to the Lord as we sing this song. We thank you for coming to us with your grace, with your love, with your peace, and giving us hope even in the midst of this broken, vulnerable world where we are so desperate for you to come. We cry out with your church throughout the ages, come. We are longing like a bride waiting for her groom, longing for our king, Come, Lord Jesus, come. God, in in our waiting, would you come with your peace to those who are especially hurting today, wherever they are around the world, desperate for your healing, desperate for release, desperate for a pause to violence and warfare, God, we pray that you would bless our brothers and sisters in the faith who are battling illness and disease. Pray for Rex Brockman, who's been in the hospital, Skip Klein, and Terry Green, who are battling cancer. We pray for those who are mourning the death of a loved one, including Patricia Bentala at the death of her sister, Kathy, Debbie Keller the passing this week of her sister, Cindy. God, we pray for all those with ongoing concerns, health issues. We're on our prayer page with with ongoing concerns. We pray for Diana and Tammy, Sharon and Ken, Pat and Emma, Hazel and Larry and Audrey and Kathy and Marilyn, Greg, Mel and Debbie, and all others we name before you now. Father, for all those who are grieving at their sin grieving the the mistakes that have left them empty, afraid of guilt and shame God for those who have now have to deal with the, the consequences of their actions and their choices and are desperate for forgiveness and healing we pray that you would turn them in faith not to the righteousness they find in themselves but that righteousness they find in Christ alone gift from you, you gave to us, you gave your Son on the cross. God, as we each come to the table of your grace to receive the body and blood of Christ broken, poured out for us, we pray that you would work in us repentance and that faith that takes hold of the forgiveness life and salvation which you have for us in this meal. Father, we trust that you hear us for Christ's sake, and we now pray the prayer he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I invite you now to greet one another in the peace of the Lord. Just Turn to those who are around you and greet each other in the Lord.
1: to jesus come on to jesus
0: body and blood of our Lord Jesus continue to strengthen you in faith, know that you're forgiven and go in peace. Amen. I invite you to stand. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Amen. Let's make a way.
1: Make it you-